0: Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. And I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. But we're going to change the name Retire to the word Refire because most, actually, a lot of people in their midlife are actually recreating themselves and deciding that they want to share their passion and their gifts to help change the world. And that's pretty exciting because we're living longer and that means that we have more to share and there's a lot of things you have to consider. Pre-retirement is plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. Now a lot of Americans aren't prepared for their golden years, let alone today. So, no matter what your financial status is, you can be prepared to enjoy your life, never run out of money, and make sure that you're going to be able to enjoy all the blessings that you've been given. Because pre retirement is such a huge topic and it covers so many things, I get the honor of reaching out to some amazing people to have as guests on my show. Today, I'm so honored to have Coach Jim Johnson. He is amazing. Now, he's the author of the book, A Coach and a Miracle. This is a book that's based on what transpired in a few short moments in early 2006. Coach Jim Johnson is now an authority on the subject of realizing your dreams. In his many public speaking appearances, New York resident relates his role in the basketball game that got Hollywood calling. He also also emphasizes the importance of teamwork and sportsmanship, delivering his talks with a heartful style that has brought audiences to their feet. Coach Johnson has made a number of radio shows, TV appearances, including Oprah Winfrey and Jim Rome shows. In 2006, he met President George W. Bush and uh, Senator Hillary Clinton, just to name a few luminaries. The Athena team was also paid a visit at the school by the NBA legend Irvin Magic Johnson and J. Magic Johnson's moment. He won the ESPY for the best sports moment at ESPN Awards show later that year. Uh, you know, Coach Jim Johnson's bio is so huge that I actually just want to get right to saying welcome, Jim. I'm really glad to have you on our show today.
1: Thank you, Chris. Look forward to it.
0: Well, you've really been blessed and and really have changed a lot of lives. And, and maybe you could share with everybody, how did you get to where you are mm-hmm. today?
1: Sure, I uh, I was raised in a uh, home with two educators. My mom and dad were both teachers, and my uh, uh, so I had a good background in what I actually ended up choosing. I became very passionate about the game of basketball in high school. In fact, my dad was my high school basketball coach, and uh, so I. Uh, decided to choose and follow uh, my mom and dad's footsteps and stay in education. I've been a teacher and a coach now for 33 years, and uh, I'm actually going to retire from my t- uh, teaching job. Although I'm going to. Stay coaching basketball for at least one more year, and um, to pursue a a full-time speaking career. Uh, I've always had a dream of uh, being able to try to help others through speaking, and my uh, the way I was launched in the speaking career. I was blessed to be part of a, a story with my team manager Jason J. Mac McElwain that. Uh, had a dream to play in a high school basketball game, and JMAC is autistic, which has become very prevalent. In fact, the latest research I've seen is that one out of every 64 uh, American babies are born on the autism spectrum, so it's uh, more and more prevalent. Uh, But Jason's big dream uh, was—he had tried out for our team for three consecutive years and did not make it. But he had great perseverance in staying part of our program as our team manager. And two years for me on the varsity level. And so, for a gift for his great dedication and commitment to our program, I gave him an opportunity to suit up for our final home game, which we call Senior Night on his senior year, and. I got him into the game with just over four minutes to go and he came in his first shot was a three pointer which he missed by about six feet and it wasn't even close and I know you're not supposed to pray in the public schools but I was praying and praying very hard please can we just help him get one basket uh his, ne- his next shot was much closer um although it did not go in there was hope it was alive there. And- his uh, third opportunity was another three pointer, and this time magically it went through the hoop. And the place exploded, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is a memory Jason will cherish forever. Not only has he scored a basket, but he made a three pointer, in fact. But then for the next three minutes, he turned into his boyhood idol of Kobe Bryant, and he just started making shot after shot. And the two things I'll never forget about the last three minutes. Uh, after a couple minutes of making all kinds of shots, I, I'm sitting on the bench. Tears are rolling down my face. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. And I get a tap on my shoulder. I look behind me, and it's Jason's mother, and she is bawling her eyes out, and she Aww. embraces me, and she says, Coach, this is the best gift you could ever give my son, which touched my heart very deeply. Aww. And then how the game ended was with about 10 seconds to go, our opponent that night SpongeBob support, and I certainly want to give kudos to... Their team and their coach, Coach Harder, that was very gracious sports, but they scored the basket with about ten seconds to go, and we took it out of bounds. And our player that takes it out of bounds, instead of throwing to our point guard this time, threw it to J Max. So he's actually literally dribbling down the court as the clock is winding down from ten. And with about three seconds to go, Jason stops from about three feet behind the three-point arc, and he lets go this rainbow. I'm thinking to myself, Jason, don't shoot from there. You're going to ruin the moment. And lo and behold, swish, it goes through. And our players and all our student body run on the floor. And the only thing I can think of is, oh, my gosh, I'm living the movie, Rudy. This is incredible. And uh, when the smoke had cleared... Uh, our uh, public address announcer come, came on and Jason was now uh, sitting on the shoulders of his teammates with a game ball over his head. And our public address announcer announced everybody that he uh, had led the team in scoring with 20 points, including six three-pointers, which tied our school record at the time. And it's uh, it, uh was certainly the best night I've ever had in coaching. It was just an incredible feeling to see a young man's dream come true. And wow. uh, from there, the story, after a slow start, uh, started to gain momentum in the media. And by the end of that week, it was uh, became a global story. Uh, it uh, it kind of launched me, and a lot of people started to ask me about to come out and share the story. And that's how I developed the uh, dreams really do come true. Uh, uh, keynote that I've been sharing around the country.
0: That is so inspiring, and and it's such a tearjerker. I mean, I've I don't know, I've seen it in movies. Many, you know, it's just it's so inspiring. What What are you and j Mac doing today? What are you up to today? Well,
1: we are. Um... Uh, still coaching basketball. In fact, Jason joined our staff about six years ago, and uh, uh, we're both doing really well. In fact, uh, that his senior year, they also kind of broke down an obstacle for me in my coaching career. Um, I have been a fairly successful coach, but we kept losing in our postseason tournament in the semifinals. In fact, we lost six times going into Jason's senior year. Uh, in the semifinals, and in Jason's senior year, we ended up winning our first Section 5 championship, and that kind of broke the the barrier down for me personally. And since then, we've actually won five out of the last nine, including the last two in a row. And for the last uh, six seasons, Jason has been back in our program as an assistant coach. And uh, so I I get to see him quite often. He's very passionate about basketball. And the other neat side light for Jason is that uh, he has gotten, he was a runner in high school, but kind of got away from it after high school. And a couple of years ago, he was in my office and he said, coach, uh, I want to get back into running. In fact, I want, I'd like to run in our Rochester Marathon. And I said, really? And I go, what's your goal for that? And he says, uh, I'm not sure. Let me think about it. And I'll come back. And a couple of days later, he came back to me and he says, coach, I have a goal I want to run the Boston Marathon, and qualify for the Boston Marathon. And I said, well, what's the qualifying time for that? And he says, three hours and five minutes. And, of course, I gulped pretty hard because um, for any of the listeners, uh, three hours and five minutes for your first marathon is pretty darn fast. But uh, Jason was a great illustration of one of the, the keys I talk about making your dreams come true, and that's to be an effective goal setter. So Jason wrote his his goal down and uh, came up with a plan with our cross-country coach and followed it diligently. and I'm very proud to tell you that he ran the Rochester Marathon in three hours and one minute, and then this uh, past spring... He had the opportunity to run in the Boston Marathon for the first time and set a new goal. And his new goal now was to break three hours in the Boston Marathon. And I'm proud to share with you that he uh, just finished the marathon in April and finished in two hours and 57 minutes and five seconds. So he's a great illustration of the power of a goal setting for sure.
0: Wow, that must make you feel so good.
1: Oh, it does. Yeah, I'm very, very proud. money can't
0: buy that. That is is what it's all about right there. Maybe you could take us through the game. That happened February the 15th, 2006. I think everybody might be interested in hearing that.
1: Sure. Uh, The game was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, was our senior night where we honor our players uh, before the game that are seniors, and we bring their parents out, and each senior... uh, gives her mom a flower. And it was really special for me because for Jason, instead of being in his white shirt and black tie that he came usually for our games as our team manager. Now he's Donnie number 52 and he's really excited. And, well, you know, before the game, we had a great student body following that year and they, um, uh, called themselves the Six Men, and they were really supportive. And I remember when the opening tap, uh, they started chanting, we want J-Mac, just in case I forgot, I guess. And uh, they they were just really uh, behind us through the whole thing. And then uh, uh, going into the game is interesting because in my book, I talk about that I really had a, a really struggle uh, early in the season with some real internal strife to the point where I nearly resigned. But fortunately, uh, because of the great help and support of my staff and my wife. Um, I stayed on, and and, uh, so when that game occurred, the three thoughts I had is, number one, because we had rallied in our season, we actually had a chance to tie for the league championship, so I certainly wanted to give our team a chance to win. Secondly, although I wanted to get Jason in, I knew that I had to get all the other players in before I could put Jason in, and then thirdly, I wanted to give Jason uh, enough time so he could score a basket. So that was really my thinking going in. Fortunately, um, with just over four minutes uh, to go in the game, I stood up and uh, pointed to him, and he almost ran on the court. He was so excited. And then uh, to actually see him get into a game uh, was a a moment I'll certainly cherish. And then, of course, uh, uh, how he responded and, of course, made all those uh, six three-pointers was. Uh, Just made it the most memorable night I've ever had in coaching.
0: Wow. You you know this is you know you've just written um, a book, a coach and a miracle. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your new book. Sure. I uh, I was very excited. I I
1: actually uh, ended collaborating with a co-author that. name was Mike Latona, Mike and I were actually um, high school friends, and uh, he was a local newspaper writer. And ironically, he had two sons uh, also on the autism spectrum, so uh, J. Max's story really touched him deeply. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to share uh, the story, certainly, but we wanted to make it a life lessons book to make it evergreen. And so what we do in the the book is we talk about um, actually my six essential keys Your dreams come true, and that, number one, is to define your passion. Number two is to define your mission. Three is to set goals. Four is to persevere. Five is carpe diem. And six is to be a team player. And then we added three more chapters, um, and they were named Stay True to Yourself, share your success and believe in miracles and what we do is we certainly weave the story but i also share a lot of the life lessons that i've been able to learn and also uh uh, be able to give to uh, my teams and uh from all the personal development i've done over my many years in teaching and coaching so uh we're very proud of the book we've gotten a lot of great reviews in fact i've had people call me and say that it's you know really changed their life because of uh the lessons they've learned uh, through through my book, so and we're very proud of it.
0: Well, that's that's really exciting. So, you, in in walking through this process, you actually came up with with a strategy on how to be successful, right?
1: Absolutely, yep, and that's something that I share with uh, audiences through my keynote, and also I I do a. Uh, uh, a follow-up workshop on my six keys in my keynote, and I've also studied um, leadership extensively, so I am uh, I also have a leadership workshop, which I, t- which I talk about six keys to being an effective leader as well.
0: Excellent. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about the retirement of J. Max Jersey.
1: Sure. I'd love to uh uh, that was a really special night. We uh, decided to um, put his jersey in, uh, number 52 up on our gym wall. And it's actually the only the second uh, jersey that's ever been retired. Uh, the first one was a guy named John Wallace that actually was a New York State Player of the Year at Greece Athena, and before I I was coaching there and actually played in the NBA for six years and. Uh, So uh, we retired Jason's uh, jersey um, in December of this past season, and it was just an awesome night. We had many of our former players come back, and it was a full house, and uh, uh, we had a very good team this year. So to add the cherry on top, our our team actually uh, beat our opponent that night, which ironically was the same opponent that when we went into our state tournament, uh, uh, beat us uh, in Jason's, uh, actually, you know, his final game uh, when he was in high school. So it was, uh, I guess, a little bit of revenge uh, many years later. And it was uh, just an awesome night to be able to retire his jersey for all the, the special things he's done for our program. It was a, a memory and a night I'll always cherish.
0: Wow. have you Have you ever developed programs that, that you could use. This seems like a really you know, that you have a, a gift, a technique that you could really create programs for other children that are in that situation. Are you have you thought about doing something like that?
1: Yeah, it's something I've considered. I'm actually one of the things that I'm gonna do with my new transition in my speaking career is I've actually um wanna give back more to the autism community. So I'm actually um Hooking up with a, a local autism organization called Autism Up here in Rochester, and and so I, I'm going to really try to help uh, con- uh, continue to raise funds for them, and um, you know so we can learn more. And that's one thing I'm considering is is maybe trying to put together you know a, a program to help people with autism.
0: So that's great. I think you do a wonderful job. Maybe you could share with us some of your six essential keys to making your dreams come true.
1: Sure. I, uh, those were, um, uh, I mentioned that were number one is I think you have to find your passion. And the one thing that Jason and I, um, you know, our, one of our major passions is basketball, and, and we love it. And what I found, and one of the things I, I'm constantly sharing with audiences and, and young people that I, I teach and coach, is that, you know, when you find something you love to do, and then the next question is, how can you make it a big part of your life? is is the key is when you find something you love to do, you're going to invest a lot of time in it because it doesn't feel like work to you. It's just something you love. And what I found is when you invest a lot of time in something, you actually become very good or become an expert in it. And that's when you become more attractive to the marketplace. Then the second key I talk about is understanding your mission or purpose in life. And uh, I, I think if you don't know what your mission is, I think it really Uh, you lack direction is what I found. And I know for many years, I wasn't sure what my purpose was. And uh, many years ago, I read a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. And uh, in Dr. Covey's book, he talked about having your own personal mission statement. And it really got me to think, and I started to jot down, you know, why was I put on this earth? And I'm very clear about my mission. My mission is to be an outstanding role model that makes a positive difference in the world by helping others make their dreams come true. And what I share with people is that when you understand your mission, it really gives you that guiding light and the direction. And when you know what your purpose is, that you're going to make uh, choices that are usually good choices because um, you're so focused on what your purpose in life is. Then my third key is to be an effective goal setter, and, and pretty much everybody has heard about goals. Um, the problem that I've found, in, you know, in my study and meeting a lot of people, is people don't have goals, or or they're wishy washy, they wanna... So I give them a couple tips. One tip is that when you think it, ink it. You know, when you know what your goal is, you've got to write it down. I think the power of writing down. Really makes you feel more responsible, and then you know I think you really got to get it in your subconscious. So I I teach people that you should put them on index cards and read your goals in front of a mirror every day, at least a few times a day. Like one of the things I do is read my goals when I wake up in the morning. I always read my goals to myself um, before I go to bed at night. So it really reinforces what you're all about. And the last tip I give on goal setting is I think you should set a really big goal. I call it a stretch goal, something that's really going to make you stretch. Because what I found is when you set a goal that makes you stretch is that now you've got to add some more disciplines to your life. Uh, And when you do that, you then uh, become a better person. And when you become a better person, uh, again, you become more attractive to other people. So I think setting that stretch goal, because what I found is even – If you don't make the goal, because you have discipline in your life, it's the person you become, not necessarily whether you make the goal or not. Then my fourth essential key is perseverance. And um, not anyone I know that's has any kind of success that doesn't have this key, and that's the ability to have that never-give-up mindset that I'm going to find a way to get through, get around, and whatever. And I know early in my career one of my big goals is I wanted to, Become a varsity basketball coach in high school at a, at a young age, and that true that dream came true for me at 25 years old. I became a head coach, and I thought I really know what I was doing. But as I uh, coached that team, I let them with my coach great coaching wizardry to 17 consecutive losses. And then I ended up leaving that job because I didn't like what the administration had to say to me. Of course, what they said to me was, you're fired. And so it was a very humbling experience, but ended up being a great experience for me as I look back because, you know what, when you have something that that uh, becomes an obstacle or gets you down, uh, you know, if you respond to it correctly. And for me, it was the fire in my belly that I was going to prove that school wrong for letting me go. And, and fortunately, in the last 21 years, in my coaching crew we have not had a losing season. We've won a number of championships. So having that burning desire because of some adversity, I think, is a great asset to any person. My fifth key I talk about is carpe diem, which, of course, means seize the day. And in that, I talk about attitude and work ethic. And what I'm always talking to young people about is to be exceptional, you have to be great in the things you can can control. And, of course, you can control your attitude and you can control your work ethic. And J-Mac was a great illustration. I was a young man that had never gotten a chance to play in a high school varsity game, yet every day he'd come in with a smile on his face And he had a great work ethic. In fact, I love quotes. And one of the quotes I always give my teams early in the season is, attitudes are contagious, is yours worth catching? And certainly J-Max was. And then the last one is, I truly believe you can't be successful by yourself. And that's, so you need to learn how to be an effective team player and the ability to uh, help people out and add value to other people's lives and think of the team before yourself, I think are, are great things. And helping you become a successful person, which will lead to you having your dreams come true as well
0: wow, great stuff definitely you know a passion purpose goal setting never give up, seize the day, be exceptional, be great really this it it really is true if you can lock on to this the these steps, you can be successful, and you've really you've really shown that and and J Mac is such a great example. Um, maybe you could share some of your ideas on how 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 can someone be an effective goal setter?
1: Well, I think the the first thing that uh, you know I started studying goal setting a long time ago is that I remember uh, listening to a lot of Zig Ziglar uh, tapes and stuff, and and uh, he always came up with it, said, you know, if you uh, don't have a target, you can't hit it. And, uh, you know, I think that is so true. And, and so, you know, I think the first thing is, is um, you know, as a goal setter, you've got to know what you want. And once you know what you want, you've got to write it down because of the power of writing down, you know, I've done a lot of research and one of the things I researched uh, shared with me that, that uh, if you write your goals down, you're 10 times more likely to have them come true. And then the second thing is, you know, once you have a goal, and you've written it down, then you've got to come up with a plan of action. And when you develop that plan, and then the third thing is taking action. And, you know, people that are effective in their lives uh, set goals, come up with a plan, and take action on a consistent basis, which develops habits. And, you know, people that are successful uh, develop good habits. People that are unsuccessful develop bad habits. I, another quote I heard uh, is that uh, good habits are hard to do but easy to live with. Bad habits are easy to do but hard to live with. And, uh, you know, I think it's a very true thing to think about is, uh, you know, what kind of habits are you developing? And and by setting goals and really coming up with an action plan and putting it in action, you're going to develop better habits. And when you do that, you have a really better chance of uh, having them come true. And, you know, what? I the other thing from goals is that I found that, uh, when you you set a what I call a give-up goal, let's say you want to lose 20 pounds, I think you should try to share that with as many people as you can because a lot of people will look to help you that. But if you set a gain goal, like I I want to be the president of a, a company, well, that goal you're going to share with people, but you got to make sure you share those with the people that you know are going to support you. Because uh, if you share a game goal with someone that wants the same position you do, the most likely, not likely to help you. But uh, So I, I think that's really important is that you surround yourself with a team of people that are going to support you and help you as you uh, continue to pursue your goals.
0: Absolutely. Well, for those of you that just joined us, you're listening to Ready, Set, Retire, or Refire, and Recreate Your Life in a Possibility and Promise. And we're talking um, about, um, with Coach Jim Johnson, and what I wanted to share with everybody is that you have your new book, A Coach and a Miracle, and where can they get this book, Jim?
1: They can get it, actually, uh, I have a website. It's called uh, coachjimjohnson.com, and on the website, if you... Sign up for my newsletter. You can get a free chapter of the book uh, so you can get a good sample of it. And, uh, and actually one of the things I do because I'm uh, hooked up with a local autism organization is uh, I uh, uh, give a part of my uh, each book that I sell to this local art- autism organization to help them continue to raise funds. And I also have a blog on the website and certainly information. I work with a manager uh, if anybody's interested in uh, bringing me in for a keynote or a workshop or both.
0: Wonderful. I notice that you're a member of the NSA. Are you going to the convention? I
1: am. I'm really San excited. I'm, I'm flying out this Sunday uh, to San Diego to uh, go to the uh, conference. I've actually uh, been a member for six years, and I've been able to attend the last five uh, summer conferences, and this will be my sixth. Uh, and I've really gained a lot by going to the NSA conference. I've learned a lot about the speaking industry and I've met uh, a number of uh, wonderful people.
0: It is a wonderful group of people, and I will... Probably get the honor of meeting you there, because I'll be there, too. Oh, no, I'm looking
1: forward to it, Chris. A member
0: of the NSA and a very uh, set of very quality, reputable speakers. And am really happy to see that you are a member. And anybody that's listening that wants to uh, invite Jim to speak to your group, my name is Chris Miller. I'm your host. You can reach out to me at um, Ready for pre retirement. I have a free article on the Three Secrets for safe money and a fabulous future, and a little workbook you can work on, so you can see what you need to have to be ready. And ready, set, retire. <laughs> so, so anyway, back to, you know, what what was it that made you give J Mac a chance to play at the varsity game at that critical moment? I mean, you know, everything depended on that moment, and you really took a risk there to do that. What was that? Yeah, you know
1: what it really came down to is that um, JMAC had been such a loyal and committed part of our program. And I knew he had a really big dream that, you know, he wanted to be able to play in a varsity basketball game. And so this was a way when actually when he came out for the team at the beginning of the senior season and I had to share with him that he wasn't quite good enough to make the team, but I offered him the team manager's job. But I said, you know what? Because you've been so committed to our program, I want to give you a gift. And, of course, he was interested in what that gift was. And I said, well, uh, I would like to give you a uniform for senior night and hopefully get you into the game. And I kid with people that periodically he would ask me about that uniform during the season. And of course, I define periodically as about every other day. <laughs> he was pretty fired up about that idea. So,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and, you know, the, the fact that uh, Jason and I relationship is continuing to grow. We spend a lot of time together now, you know, because he's one of my assistant coaches and uh it's really neat to see um how much he's grown as a person as well.
0: Wow. That's really wonderful. So what tell me so tell me what your future goals are now. now my few, future retire. goals is is
1: I I want to be one of the top motivational, inspirational speakers in the country. I really am looking forward to being able to go out and reach out to as many people as I can to help share my message and try to make a positive impact with as many people as I can. I've really enjoyed it up to this point, and having now the opportunity to do it as my full-time profession is something I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, you have such a nice gift to be able to share, and and I, you know, I have to say that little prayer. You know, it it really works, and it and (laughs) you know, it's amazing. I've watched it so many times, and how you, it's really really sweet to see bless the kids. So so maybe you could share now. This would be really interesting. You have six keys on how to be an effective leader. This sounds. I'd like to hear about that.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, my leadership workshop, and actually one of my goals will be um, this summer is I'm going to put together actually a leadership keynote. Um, But I talk about six keys uh, to being an effective leader, and the first one is you you, uh, have to have a clarifying vision. You know, you have to have a direction, and uh, you have to get people to follow uh, the direction you're doing. So you've got to be very clear about your vision. Number two is uh, that I think all effective leaders uh, with their team or organization or company uh, build trust. Um, trust is such an important factor. And In fact, I mentioned earlier that I read Dr. Covey's book, and I actually had the honor to go out and speak to Franklin Covey uh, last year. And one of the things that, that they talked about, in fact, they just talked to a, a frankly covering employee um, about his uh, book called The Slice of Trust and how important trust is in leadership. So I think great leaders – are, are always building trust, and they do things where they build trust amongst the people that are following them. The third um, key I talk about is creating the edge. And I think all great leaders find ways to create an edge for their organization. Uh, you know, they're always looking for new ideas or better ways of doing things. And one of the things, when I, I've taken over three basketball programs at the high school level, and we've been fortunately being able to take over and turn them around in pretty quick amounts of time. And one of the things that I share with uh, my teams early in the season is we're going to do things that are going to create a little bit of an edge over our opponent. And a few examples of that would be number one is we're going to do mental imagery before every game, and uh, you know where the kids are actually going to take uh, and go through. And one of the, my research is Discovered that the power of the mind is so potent that it's really important that you sell your players on getting them the right frame of mind for each game. Uh, another thing we do is we um, we practice in the morning before school, which most teams don't do, and that really builds a commitment and camaraderie. That you know we do something a little bit different than most other schools, and and then uh, another thing uh, we do is. We uh, you know try to uh, do things off the court like we have pasta dinners at at houses and you know we just try to really build the camaraderie of the team. So any way that you can get a little bit of an edge on your competition and uh, selling it to your 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 team or your business, I think is really important. And then uh, the fourth key I talk about is effective communication. I think all great leaders are tremendous communicators and, and they communicate in so many different methods but the, the most important thing about communication that I think a lot of leaders neglect is, is you've got to be a, a terrific listener and I really found that when I did a better job of listening to my players as opposed to always giving the direction that helped me immensely in leading and being more effective in leading the team and like for example one of the things I do I mean, a captain's meeting, and it's usually two, three, or four players, and we meet each week. And one of the first questions I always ask is, How's our team chemistry? Tell me what's going on. And they always give me wonderful feedback that really helps me uh, be an effective leader. And then the fifth uh, one is leading by example. And, I, you know, I, I really always emphasizing, you know, things to our players that are important, like being on time and, and being considerate of others and, and caring about each other and, uh, you know, uh, working as hard as you can. And I think, uh, you know, it's great when you share those things with them, but you better be living them. You know, it's it's more than then say the message. you got to be the message. So if you expect your Team to be on time. You should always be early. You know, if you expect your team to work hard, you should always work hard and be well prepared. Uh, You know, things like that. You you know, your um, your model is going to be the most powerful thing uh, before your uh, what you say to them. And then uh, the last one is leaving a profit. And what I mean by that is that I think effective leaders are always seeking ways to turn their organization or team. Uh, in fact, I always say, uh, you know, you want to have the philosophy that everything you touch turns to gold as opposed to everything you touch turns to garbage. And so, you know, uh, like one of the things that we really emphasize to our teams when we go out on the road and play in, in, a, in a visiting team's. Jim, that when we go in the locker room, that we want to leave that locker room in better shape than than when we got there. So, you know, if we see papers on the floor, and again, going back to my leading by example, one of the things they'll see me do is I'll walk in and I see a paper on the floor, I pick it up and throw it in the garbage can. So that kind of mindset that, you know, everything we touch, we want to turn to gold and make it better, I think is a great philosophy that all effective leaders have.
0: That's awesome. You know, I'm just listening to you and, and everything that you've talked about, clarifying your vision, build the trust, creating the edge, listening, being an example, everything you touch turns to gold. What a mindset. What a gift to empower the kids. If they were just taught what you just said in the beginning, in the end, we'd have a lot less problems. So that is really, they're really inspiring. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So what do you think, Coach Jim? What do you think? What's your definition of success?
1: My definition of success is to really comes down to two things. I think number one is the mindset that I'm going to try to get a little bit better each day in every part of my life. And the second thing is that I'm going to not only grow as a person, but I'm going to try to help grow and add value to others. And when I'm doing that, that's that's when I feel successful.
0: Right. Exactly. I can agree to that for sure. Um, well, we, you know, you've really—it seems like you've actually have developed an amazing program that that would work. I mean, this training will work for for children, and I could see the same thing works for adults, right? Absolutely. The, you know, the same outline and the same what you do with everything. Well, is, do you have any, like, little cherry on the top or things you'd like to share with everybody?
1: You know, I, I think the, the well, a couple things that I'd like to say is, number one, you know, is you're seeking and pursuing your own goals. And, you know, I, I, we've mentioned that I think number one is you really got to understand what is your definition of success uh and the uh, second thing is you know developing a philosophy that aligns with that definition you know as i mentioned like um you know having a, uh the ability to um you know turn everything that you touch into gold or what i call leaving a profit i think you know having that philosophical background will help you Uh, You know, and then the other thing that, I, you know, I'm always really trying to talk to young people about, but I think it's for any age is that I think you need to continue to grow, Um, you know, that people that don't, you know, I I remember reading a little story um, by a, a, a uh, president of a college and he said one of the saddest days he ever had in his life was when he was at a commencement for one of his graduating classes and he overheard one of the students say, Thank God I'll never have to open another book and and he was really saddened by that because you know what they he missed that student and missed the point of education, that is education never ends and that you you know, you need to continue to grow um, you know, too many people are thinking, okay, if I go out and get a college education, you know, that's the end of my education. And I, I really think that's a poor mindset that, you know, people that continue to grow are the ones that are going to end up being highly effective and highly successful.
0: Absolutely. There's definitely, it's like vitamins. You, you know, when you're, when you're feeding your soul and feeding your understanding, it. it... It's just like blossoming. You, you know, you become fuller like a flower that opens. So learning and growing is part of why I think we're on earth and to learn our lessons here. You know, um, it's co- it's really fascinating, but, you know, the way that you've broken down everything. And um, I'd really like to hear a little bit more about what you are talking about, creating create an edge. What do you mean by creating an edge? That creating an
1: edge would be finding ways and methodology that you can uh, do something a little bit different than, uh, you know, the your organization that may be, you know, competing if you're in the marketplace, or in our case, where you know, we're going to be competing against other schools and, and basketball. So for me, creating the edge is just finding, and, and really it comes back to what we just, talked about with growing, you know, that you have to continue to grow, and one of the things I pride myself is I listen to a lot of, you know, educational and informational CDs in my car. I I read an awful lot, and I'm really always trying to feed my mind so I can come up with maybe something a little new or a little methodology that can enhance our team to do something just a little bit different, a little bit better than everybody else does.
0: Right. Right. Well, you know, I do the same thing. I'm I'm constantly learning. I've got CDs in the car. That's really when I can only, you know, like read books in the car. <laughs> right. That, you know, that's the only time I can get to reading and not fall asleep. Really. But it's right. definitely you got to keep feeding and learning and growing and and um you ha- you have a um some workshops that really sound great, and any of our listeners can invite you to come and speak. You have a you have a workshop, dreams in motion. It's a leadership development that looks really fascinating. Maybe you want to tell everybody a little bit about what that is and what you're talking about there.
1: Sure, you know, in uh, the two workshops, I'll, um, you know, my keynote is called dreams really do come true, and that I try to help people create a miracle in their life like JMAC did. And in that one I do, uh, I talk about the six keys that we've already talked about. And then my leadership uh, workshop, I also talk about the six keys that we just uh, recently discussed and uh, become an effective leader. And for my workshops, what I do is I, I uh, it's a very interactive, uh, you know, I, I have a slide presentation and we have a, a packet that we hand out. And so You know, we actually have people uh, work together in groups, and we have them do some partner things, and uh, so they share things, and, you know, we share out to each other, and and so certainly I'm trying to give some of the best ideas that I do, but I also uh, have learned a lot from the people that have attended my workshops and, you know, given me ideas, but it's very interactive. You know, we do um, some really interesting types of activities to help them clarify, uh, you know, whatever point we're working on. And uh, I, I found them to, the workshops uh, to be um, really great. I, I really enjoy the keynotes. But the workshops, the nice part is you get a chance to uh, interact more with people. And uh, usually uh, my workshops are anywhere from 90 minutes to four hours. So it's certainly you get a chance to delve in deeper, more deeper into uh, each of our keys.
0: Great. That sounds great. Well, you have a lot of wonderful things to share, Coach Jim. I really, really have really appreciated you being on our show today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, you know, you're talking about uh your retirement and I know this is a little bit off the beaten path we've talked about, but uh uh you know, I, I will say that, you know, because I'm in a career transition, but the fortunate thing that that i found in my life is i i um, when i until i got in my early 30s i was totally ignorant about uh you know saving for retirement and starting to to develop uh the, the, the disciplines and habits that are going to help you later on and fortunately through my uh learning and and um you know getting knocked on the head a few times i I realized that I needed to start saving and investing and learning more about that. And one of the things, like, uh, I just spoke to Lincoln Financial Group, and, you know, and obviously they, they work with uh, all kinds of clients and trying to help people, uh, you know, get ready for retirement, save for, for retirement. And, uh, you know, one thing i I shared with them is that I was amazed. Uh, I was listening to a speech by Darren Hardy from Success Magazine and he said the average baby boomer, which hit me between the eyes because I'm a baby boomer, uh has approximately twenty nine thousand dollars saved for retirement. I'm like, wow, that's staggering oh, yeah. and really oh, yeah. kinda of sad and yeah. and but it also kinda of makes me smile in the fact that I I've saved and I'm, you know, much more than twenty nine thousand and so uh I just wanna you certainly share with your listeners that uh, that you know uh, retirement comes quicker than you think and and uh, you know the the thing that I'm so excited about in my life is certainly I'm going, going into full time speaking which I enjoy immensely. But the other part is that I I've I've done some wise things with my money and my investments so I have more options. I I uh you know, I, I'm really looking for the next phase of my life, but it's certainly nice to know that, you know, that we're debt free and that we've done some wise things with our investments. So I, I just want to reinforce that, um, you know, you, you, it's uh, something you can't keep your head in the sand. You got to get out there and, and uh, really understand uh, how to save and invest your money.
0: Well, I'm really glad I'm really glad you mentioned that because I always get so caught up in my guests that I almost forget to talk about that because it's so important and and that's why I've written my book because I want to empower actually want to empower children to understand money younger so they can start younger cuz they're really going to need to need to do you know that the really the statistics are it's 50% of the population has about 2 months of of paychecks to live on, and that's it. It's shocking. Yes, you know, I spoke in Washington, D.C. to the U.S. Government Financial Officers Association, and these folks are aren't politicians, really nice people, and mm-hmm. they handle billions and trillions of dollars of the budget and the treasurers, and you know, I looked at everybody, and I looked at them, and I go, how many of you are ready for retirement? How many of you started your plan, and I'd say maybe about 2% of them even raised their, you know, even said they did. And their reason right. or their excuse was, well, we're busy taking care of everybody else's money. And but it is that way with the majority of the population because you know I've spoke in Washington DC all the way down to the American Payroll Association and it just shocks me even people that handle money this is the most procrastinated thing And once you get in your midlife, you're going to want to get out of gambling your money in the stock market and find there's safe money strategies, especially before the next crash comes, where there's actually places you can put your money and never lose a dime. They're called equity index annuities with income riders. They pay 7%. There's some products out there that actually pay 7% interest compounded for incomes you never outlive. So there are safe money strategies, and I... Really, really like to share that with people, and I appreciate you mentioning that because this is the most procrastinated thing is planning. And if people started younger, they'd get a lot, a lot more opportunities, as you said. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, everybody go to CoachJimJohnson.com. And and get the first chapter of his book. He's gonna opt, You can opt in and get that for free. You can also buy the whole book over there, and get connected and, and follow him. You can reach out to me at Chris at Ready for Pre-Tirement. That's R E A D Y F O R P R E T I R E M E N T dot com. Come to my website. We got free articles and and information that can help you be ready for pre-retirement. And Coach Jim, this has really been a pleasure and, and a wonderful time that we've been able to share together. I really appreciate what you're doing and, and how, how you help the kids.
1: Thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure, and um, I look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you at the National Speakers Conference.
0: Right. Sounds great. We we'll appreciate okay. it. All right. My pleasure. Have All a great right. night. You too. Thanks. God bless.
1: Yep. Uh, God bless.
2: Did I matter Found out you can't take the curve at 85 My whole life flashed before my eyes. I braced myself to leave this world behind As a million questions across my mind did i live did i love did i matter to someone did i give everything i had to give did i save any souls was i worried about my own was i haunted by the things i never did did i embrace each day with faith hope and laughter Did I matter? Did did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live, did I love, did I matter to someone Did I give everything I had to give Did I save any souls, was I worried about my own Was I haunted by the things I never did Did I embrace each day Faith, hope, and laughter Did I matter? Did did, did I matter? I hope I can be a voice of inspiration And my story finds you well Cause when the curtain falls There ain't no second chances And you don't wanna ask yourself Did I live, did I love, did I matter to someone, did I give everything I had to give, did I save any souls, was I worried about my own, was I haunted by the things I never did, did I embrace each day with faith, hope and laughter. Did I matter, did I matter, oh, oh, oh. did I matter?